1: everybody, welcome back to another episode. This is going to be episode 11. That's right. Yeah, it's 11. And I've got uh, my wonderful wife, Miss Capra, um, with me. Um, I hijacked
0: the show. I literally was like, hey, we're doing a podcast.
1: I'm, I'm episode 11. Uh, there's some things that I need to talk to the people about. I do. What are those
0: things? I think, well, there's a couple of things, but Happy one of Happy New I'm Year, a- babe. Happy New Year. I'm almost 37 a couple <laughs> of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a couple things, but one of them being, we've talked about this a lot in the past, but resolutions versus actual goals and plans.
1: Yeah. You said something, don't. you said you didn't come up with it, but I've never heard anybody else say it. A, uh, a goal without a plan is just a wish.
0: I'm pretty sure Winston Churchill said it. I don't think so. No?
1: Uh, we can, people can fact check this, but I'm yeah, pretty Google sure. Yeah, Google that. Yeah. Um, This all started back in 2017 when we did the 90-day vlog. Mm -hmm. Had this whole idea. You thought it was a horrible idea.
0: I did. (laughs) I thought a lot of ideas that you've had are horrible ideas. And I've, like, totally, like, had to bite my tongue and, like, suck fast and say I was wrong. Like, multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily that it was a bad idea, just that... A lot of things that you want to do require so much work. And I like in the back of my mind, when we first were dating, you were always like, we're going to get a van and just live live down by the river, live and just go on a never ending surf trip through California to Mexico and back and Puerto Rico. And well,
1: to to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, um, that was before we had kids.
0: Correct. Well, I mean, you had kids before we had a kid together.
1: Yeah, but my kids were older, and I was like, oh, I've only got a few years left, and, and I'm going to be free.
0: And then they can just, they can, you know, graduate and do their and thing. And you were like, no, I think I'm going to start a family again. Well,
1: So we hit the reset button. So when I'm 65,
0: we could probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so in the back of my mind, I've always had this little thing that, like, someday we're going to sell all the businesses and then just go and travel in a van. So every time you came up with a new business idea, I'm like, no, this isn't closer to my goal of traveling in a van.
1: (laughs) But is it? Has it gotten us closer?
0: Definitely. Way more financially stable for when we take our trip.
1: (laughs) I'm always pushing the needles, ladies and gentlemen. Always.
0: And I was wrong in the sense that, you know, looking at hard things like, ugh, like that's going to be such a pain in the butt and it's going to be so much work. Like it's really helped us both grow into the people we are today. So sometimes you can't even just look at like whether something was totally a perfect success or a failure. Right. Sometimes it's about Just the, be you becoming better, the journey itself yeah. getting there. So I try to tell people, man,
1: do hard things. So, yeah. So in 2017, we did something called the 90 day vlog and the idea of, it, <laughs> I, just, I keep going back to that video we made of, I, well, it was a reenactment video of me telling you the plan. Yes. Yeah.
0: You got to do your me voice because yeah. that's like the best part.
1: Oh, I can't do that. I
0: don't know. You said <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. What are we gonna get rid of?
1: <laughs> um, but I was in the shower and I was like, I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna do a 90-day vlog and I'm gonna show people, I'm gonna showcase people how to accomplish objectives. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna lay out these three, these three. Um, resolutions if you will i think tangible ones and, though, tangible things that, yeah. well or
0: th- uh, that you can kind of quantify yeah. that makes sense it can't just like it wasn't just like i'm going to be better at like thinking thoughts through or yeah, something yeah. something that was actually so physically it was, tangible. there's three
1: things and and then actually when i speak actually i've given i've given multiple uh keynotes about this to to businesses but th- there was uh, there was a public a public goal right and then there was a secondary of private goal that go, went with every single one of them so the first one was um just essentially make six videos a week for 90 days that was the first <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you were like no
0: um, just because i was the only one editing at the time that's not true i hey, was editing you were like mastering things i edited at that time there, that could be somewhat true <laughs> um
1: so that's the fir- That was the first goal. That was just to complete the ninety-day vlog, and basically, I, I was going to do seven days a week, and we we brought it down to. She was like, "Let's have one day off where we just kind of edit and catch up and down have you know a couple hours of downtime." And then, um, but the secondary, you know, goal with that is to was to grow the the YouTube base, right? The subscriber base, and I think we went. So it took like a year to get the fifty thousand subscribers. And then we got to, we started the new year at 50,000 and we got to 100,000 within 90 days. So like we doubled, in 90 days, we doubled our subscriber base. Um, what took us a year to get 50. Force multiplier, yeah. the other one
0: was the coffee.
1: Yep, so that was the coffee. The coffee was, you know, basically like launch my own coffee and then the steps to go, and I'll talk about these kind of things, these steps. And um, so we
0: did Raiders Roast.
1: That's where, where Raiders Roast came into play which we, we still sell. Yeah. We were, website. we were actually ahead of schedule on that one, which kind of shocked me. Um, and then, um, I mean, we're talking from verbal concept to launch in 90 days. So we're talking branding, you know,
0: roasting, ro- getting every- the beans, yeah, tasting yeah, everything.
1: Yeah. Um, there was literally nothing. There was nothing other than not even a name. It was just like, Hey, I'm going to do some coffee. Um, and then the third one would be um, basically getting phenomenal shape, do this long ninety day cut, and I, I think I was close to two forty, and I lost almost forty five pounds. I think I think I weighed in at one ninety five in ninety days, and uh, did that with uh, BPN and Nick Bear. I lost
0: twenty seven pounds. Yeah, In and ninety days.
1: So. So the, the idea was just to show people what you have to do. And so with the, with that one, it was really launching of the, you know, surviving the cut, which is now our coaching platform, the Agogi. And, um, you know, and, and just show people what you can do. Right. And it's all content and it's all out there. You can go watch the whole thing. One of the biggest Um,
0: things being, and this is something that I learned from you, Mm-hmm. and and it to me it's been a life changer it's been a major thing is back planning
1: yeah that's what that was my next in phase my next, yeah that kind of next point something I, I got from the military was okay so you have a goal so what you do with this goal is you start at the 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 finish point the goal like the, you accomplish this goal whatever that time is you know and it doesn't even necessarily have a time ne- necessarily need to have a time although i do highly recommend putting a time on it because it helps you stay honest and accountable but what you do is you you start with the end goal like i achieved x and then you have to put go backwards and start putting phase lines in so to achieve x i need to be this needs to be done by 30 days let's let's make it tangible
0: so okay let's say somebody wants to lose 30 pounds
1: okay so 30 pounds 90 days do it all the time Shit, shit we've done it In a month Mm -hmm. which with the uh, with the challenge that are people going through it right now um so yeah you want to lose 30 pounds so that sounds to someone who's struggled to lose 30 pounds and keep it off sounds daunting it's like oh my god 30 pounds but we don't need to worry about 30 pounds we don't even need to worry about 10 pounds we just need to worry about two and a half pounds a week a week and that's what i'm saying so like you you look you go backwards and you go okay I'm going to lose, I need to lose 30 pounds. That's 10 pounds a month. Okay. don't need to worry about that. I'm going to break this down to a week. That's two and a half pounds a week. Well, now we have a tangible goal of like, okay, now if it's 10 pounds a month, 2.5 pounds a week, what do I need to do in my week? That's going to set me up to lose that 2.5. And I mean, I can do that. I can't do that in my head. I'm Not that great.
0: But essentially you're like, okay. For that's the- point.
1: That's 0.35. Sorry, babe. That's 0.35 a day. So 0.35 pounds a day. Now, if you get into kilograms, you know, you do, you know, a hundred you know, kilos and then you can break it down into hundred gram increments. That's even a lot better. Um, but so 0.35 a day. And then you, then you, you plan your day. You go, okay, what do, what do I have to do today? I wake up You know, I plan my meals or plan my meals on the weekend. I wake up and I execute my daily plan to where I'm going to lose 0.35 pounds in a day. I'm eating it. I'm I'm eating in a deficit. I'm maintaining my protein so I'm not losing muscle. I'm, I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. So like I don't have to worry about the week. I don't have to worry about the month. I don't have to worry about the quarter. I just have to put my plan in place and then execute the plan for that day, which is going to get me when I hit that week. It's like, boom. I've achieved this goal in a week. And then you go from there to the month. You're like, I've achieved the goal. In a month. But it all starts with the end, work your way backwards all the way to the day.
0: And we got these journals, the best self co journals, which they don't pay us. So we're not going to push it hard, but <laughs> their journals really do a great job of that. There, exactly. There's
1: a lot, there's a lot of different journals like that now, but, but back then I think that was one of the big ones that just came out they're brilliantly done
0: we picked three goals we put yeah. the final goal in place and then it has you break down literally by the hour your day and how you're going to implement yeah. all the things you need to do to have that success yeah in that day
1: it, it's funny i it, it's not funny i we we work with um you know our coaching clients our, our monthly coaching clients when we do our onboarding checklist and we talk about uh, the second pillar of the ego, you, which is discipline, and when you get into that, you are already talking about routine and consistency. So we audit their timeline, we audit their routine, and you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. But man, people waste so much time on shit that doesn't serve them. Fact. And then they, yeah, and they wonder why, like, and they'll complain or say, "Well, I don't have time." But then I, I sit down with them. I'm like, "Okay, tell me what time you wake up, what time you go to bed, and every every 15 minute increment in, in the middle." And I find that there's, there's hours in the day that are not, that are not serving their, you know, I ask them the same thing, like, Hey, what's your top four priorities in life? And then I go, well, I look at your day and I'm like, you're not allocating resources and time and energy to those top four priorities.
0: If you're laying in bed until 11am in your pajamas watching shows.
1: I don't, I don't know who the hell is doing that.
0: Lots of people, women all over the world. Because they, this is, and this is my, uh, well, this is, don't get me fired up. I'm going to get you fired (laughs) up. I I want everybody to see what I have to deal with. (laughs) This is, this is kind of part of it though. It's like, it comes down to, like you just said, you know, having, having priorities, not, not just priorities, but purpose. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, or, or maybe you feel like, you don't really have a purpose other than to like maintain your household or your you know take care of your kids. I want to tell you like that is the greatest purpose. Like taking care of your family and loving your kids is the greatest purpose. But you can't tell me that. Sleeping until 11 or laying in bed is, until is le- doing anything is for, doing anything for yeah. them or you or no, that's whatever. Just being lazy. No. And it, that's it comes down to finding your purpose. And sometimes you won't until you get moving
1: you know i that I'm, now that you brought up purpose you know back a long time ago when we first got together um we were both transit i was still transitioning out of the military i'd gone through a divorce you had gone through a divorce um, i was
0: transitioning out of being married and having a family yeah my stepkids for- so
1: both of us were kind of on this like adult adolescence phase we were having fun
0: we're on a joy ride we
1: were on a joyride, ride but the joy ride is is pleasure seeking so we really were you and i both were really focused on having a good time whatever and, made
0: me feel good yeah
1: whatever it's, it's all about fun now we were working hard but it really was about on a personal level it really was about how can we feel good feel good how can we make each other feel good and how can we just chase you know pleasure because everything else was kind of shitty right in our life um,
0: and I do, and I, you know, there is something to be said, like, I think when you're going through hard things and like that are outside of your control emotionally, you almost create a sense of entitlement for pleasure. Like right, I deserve right. to feel good because, because of all this other right.
1: stuff. Yeah. The problem with that though, um, as you, as you know, the problem with that is it's a bottomless hole. It's a sinkhole. You're never going to fill it. Like, doesn't matter what you do, how much you try to, you seek it. You're never going to fill it up. And, and so that's, that's the, the catch 22 with it is like, some people are like, well, I went through hard times and I deserve this. And I'm like, that's fine. It's, it's welcome to America. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to get anywhere.
0: Be a bottomless pit.
1: Yeah. You're going to just keep filling. You're just going to keep throwing stuff in that hole. Now, if you switch to more purpose-driven. Um, that's when th- that's when you're going to start feeling differently, and that is when you are going to start seeing results in all areas of your life. And when we when we kind of made it through that together, and switched, I don't even know if it was in te- initially intentional. I think we just wanted more f- for from life, and we wanted more from each other.
0: I'll tell you one thing: I feel like that somewhat did it. Is we started having a lot of people in our lives die at early ages, young people like committing suicide and we watched a lot of people like lives was like short and it suddenly kind of that with the outside world and kind of like the way that things were turning politically and like everything else, it was kind of like we needed to snap out of it.
1: Well, I don't, yeah. I mean, maybe that, that was it. I don't remember, I don't remember one specific thing that really like, Oh, I'm going to change my life. Um, it was a, it was a great for me personally, it was a gradual thing of like, I think that I, I just want to be better. I want to be more. I want to, I want to, you know, and, uh, when we did everything changed, our business changed, our relationship changed, um, our desires changed. We started making more money. Uh, we were extremely more focused, um, you still push back on me on all my my crazy False. calls ideas. You
0: just you just first of all, it I did. never say no. No, Second you didn't say
1: no. Well, you sometimes say no, but then we discuss it.
0: Give <laughs> <laughs> giving me time to talk me into it. Yeah, right.
1: I, this is what I do. I'm like, I get an idea. I'm like, I want you to sell me on my idea.
0: Create an argument for me. I want to see how well you know me. Yeah. I'm like, Any- stop.
1: Anyway, so when you're you know you're purpose driven man it does fill that hole it fills the void in your heart and you do get a lot out of it you
0: know i think too you know something that people don't always realize until later is that as you're pleasure seeking you think like who cares it's just like i'm entitled to this i want to feel good i've been through so much it's like my right to like take a break da, 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 whatever you're telling yourself to create sometimes it's just cuz you you're you're trying to escape reality sometimes it's because you're strong yeah of yeah. course whatever big, it is the big
1: i think the big one is escape reality yeah. especially if you're you know i mean uh, just using me like going through a divorce career change um your p- your potential of losing your kids not having any money you know yeah hell man i want to yeah, feel good right you know what i mean
0: but what so thing- what what
1: makes men feel good drugs alcohol and women mm-hmm. boom there That's, it is yeah yeah
0: (laughs) so but that being said it's like along that road you will take so many like you will hurt so many people in your life if that's if you're truly if you're truly just out to seek pleasure you will like cause chaos and destruction in the lives of others yeah so as much as people want to act like well I'm just living for me yeah but there's a lot of people in your life that that will they care about you, yeah,
1: yeah. That'll affect. I mean, we hurt each other, yeah, in the same way, yeah, yeah, because it was like, Well, this doesn't make me feel good, so
0: this is getting a little too this. And that's honestly like the first half of our relationship, it was like, We're just having fun. Whenever it got a little too real,
1: we were. I even told you that
0: it was like, mm, pump the brakes. You said, Um, this is granite, like the within the first year, we're both still in the middle of divorces, but. We, you were calling me every day to talk to me on the phone for hours. She wants the preference. I want that. Preface, to that. Preface, that preface that. Because we became like best friends and we were long distance. So it wasn't like we were in a relationship, right? But we were like best friends by that point and we were like crazy about each other. And you were like constantly calling me all this stuff. And then I remember one day, I don't remember what happened, but we were on a FaceTime call. And you just said out of nowhere, hey, listen, don't get too attached.
1: <laughs> I did.
0: And I was like, I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck me, fuck you. Like, what?
1: You were like, I'll get out of this truck right now.
0: Yeah, I was like, I'm fine. I remember
1: that we were driving down the highway in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, don't get too attached to me. Don't fall in
0: love. And I was like, you motherfucker, you think so highly of yourself. And that's that then that started the whole like I'll bail anytime. Don't don't even try nothing. This like, is
1: true. This is that's <laughs> one of that's one of your uh not I wanna say weaknesses, but triggers. Yeah, like you're in the past you're like not obviously not anymore, but that was one of your like, I'll bail.
0: Yeah. Like I'm out. Treat treat me like sure. You this doesn't you fe- act- this doesn't feel good, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> we were so sweet to each other. Yeah. I
1: was sweet, sort of. Sometimes. Sometimes.
0: You always took really care of me.
1: When we first met, I, I was such an, such an asshole. I would, like, you would, I remember us going to certain places and uh, talking about being a gentleman. I was not a gentleman.
0: I, I knew like, what you were doing. I knew your game. Did you? Yeah, 100%.
1: You're <laughs> I'd be like, okay, we're going to this hotel or this house or whatever where we're Yeah, staying. we were
0: staying at this, like, lodge in the middle of the mountains and we had to get our luggage to it. And I had on, like, high heel boots or something. And I had this huge bag. And I was like, all right. So I grabbed it. And you looked back at me. And I, like, right when you looked back at me, I was like, oh, oh, I see. He, he wants to, like, prove a point that he's not carrying my luggage around because he's not, like, my husband or he's not my, like, Boyfriend, you carry, you carry, your, own carry your own shit, girl. Yeah, and I and I felt like in that moment, like, okay, I see, I see where he's his heads at. He he wants to see if I'm like high maintenance, or he wants to <laughs> see like if I'm going to have all these requirements of him, or whatever. I was like, I get it. Oh, I get it.
1: <laughs> you, ca- you carried your own stuff. I did. Yeah.
0: But all that, all that being said is if you, if you don't have or if you don't feel purpose, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, because a lot of people say, well, purpose-driven life is, like, God at the center. Yes, but I'm talking about purpose and, like, what you enjoy doing and how you live your life and finding, like, your connection and what you want to do. Yeah. So.
1: But, but that you know, people are like, I don't know how to find that. Right. Well, I tell you what, you won't find it sitting on the couch watching Definitely Netflix. Not. So the... the
0: and you won't find it sleeping or laying and staying in bed until noon.
1: You're really stuck on the sleeping in bed until noon.
0: Because it's like, I remember doing that shit, man. Like getting off work late, late, late at night and going out drinking, staying out all night, getting, sleeping in.
1: We live two very different lives. <laughs> I'm, I didn't know that was a thing still.
0: The, that was, a, it's a thing for people who go out drinking.
1: Oh, man. Even when I did that, I still woke up.
0: Yeah, but I did that and then I waitressed. So my shift started at 1130, you know? So it's like roll out of bed, get dressed for work, and do it all over again.
1: Yeah. Bartending. If you're laying in bed, like, how do you pay your bills?
0: I don't even understand. Because you you waitress at night. Oh, I see. Bartend at night. Problem is, is that you go out drinking afterwards and spend half of your tips, and then... The cycle continues. It continues. Anyways, you know, that being said, talking about some of that stuff, right? Just because... This is kind of like, uh, we've been talking about this, you know, forever, but it's something that I really like to point out because a lot of times people look at like our social media now and they see the things we have or what we get to do. We see our family. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Right. And they'll send me messages. You're so lucky. Mm -hmm. And they'll send us messages and say, wow, must be nice. You're so lucky.
1: I want to punch people in the face when they say that. Just so so anybody that's listening, I
0: I can't, that infuriates me so much. Here's the thing. I grew up in a very very good home with great parents, and I was raised very well. Yes,
1: you have very loving great parents. Very loving great parents. Just Just in case they're listening. As
0: I got older and I got out on my own, I started making really bad decisions. I got married at 19 to somebody who was abusive and... It was horrible. Yeah. We were together. We were married for four years together, longer than that. Like from the time, knew him since I was 10, but as an adult, things come out maybe that you don't have coming out when you're a kid. Of course. So when we were adults, you know, abusive marriage.
1: I mean, you should have never been pushed to be to married at 19. That was-
0: I don't know if anybody really pushed me, but religion definitely is like.
1: I mean, it's a, it sets a. It sets a stage for that,
0: right? Yeah, like you're. We don't want you to have sex before you get married, so get married young, kind of a thing.
1: So I like if I don't get married, I can't have sex until I'm twenty
0: seven. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I'll get married real quick. That's what they all do. That's <laughs> what right? everybody does, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So I got married real young. Um, actually, was a virgin when I got married at nineteen. Good for you, babe. Don't I get a gold star?
1: Yeah, I was a virgin when I married you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You were a virgin to me, (laughs) not when we got married, when we met. Um, No, but it really turned out that, like, it was, that was a horrible experience. Went on to kind of just, just live in Swaller after that. Like, completely broke. Had two houses that I owned that I was responsible for that I foreclosed on. I had issues with, you know, paying my bills because I was working my ass off to get everything covered, but then staying out drinking, so it was like... Kind of like a lot of it, in some ways, was my own
1: I was going to say, you fault. kind of, yeah, you, I mean, you were working hard. You were trying, but you were also at the same time sabotaging your own Cause life. Because I was
0: living for a little bit of pleasure and trying yeah. to escape reality and, you know, going out and trying to find a fun time. You got,
1: you got left with two houses, right? Yeah. Two rental properties. Well, one was yours and one was a rental property. Yes. And, 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 so, and you could have buckled down and, like, made something of that.
0: Well, the rental property he was keeping all the money for. Yeah. And so I didn't know that. He hadn't been paying the mortgage. I didn't know that. So that was way under. Yeah. That house foreclosed. And then I could have moved into my old house, but I didn't want to because I was like triggered by the memories of it, which whatever. Right. I could have moved in with my parents. Yeah. But I didn't want to because I didn't want to hear what they had to tell me. And so I ended up having two houses and an apartment that I was paying rent on rent on an apartment and two mortgages and I mean I was working my ass off to cover it all and there was no way I could do it didn't have like gas electricity water all got turned off and I'm like living in a freezing fucking cold place could see my breath at night I would get home have a flashlight by the door and a bottle of whiskey so that when I got in the door because it was super freaking cold in Kansas City my lights I couldn't turn on I'd hit the flashlight I'd take a couple shots of whiskey because I thought it would keep me warm. Bundle up as much as I freaking could. Somehow I still had hot water for a time, so I'd get in there and take or a you hot said shower.
1: Legally in Kansas City, they can't turn if it's winter they can't turn your or b- below a certain c-
0: certain temperature they ha- you have to be so behind before they can turn off your heat because it could kill people. Yes, but yeah. they did turn it off eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had no heat, no electricity. So I would just bundle up and just try to fall asleep in like a freezing cold apartment with nothing. And I did that for as long as I could do it, you know. And so all this stuff happening, right? Like it was shit. Like my life was shit. I had debt up to my eyeballs. Two houses foreclosed. I was like up shit creek. Like
1: Oh, both of them foreclosed? Both of them foreclosed. I thought it was just the one. No. Both of them foreclosed.
0: Both of it fell off my record though, eventually. (sighs)
1: Damn, I wish we were together back then.
0: <laughs> it was just absolutely I'd awful. Have,
1: you know, I would have taken the reins over all that. And I'm yeah. like, we're gonna Right. <laughs> we're gonna make some money out of this. Right.
0: Thing. Yeah. And you know, smoking cigarettes all the time. So I was constantly sick. Didn't have money for a doctor, so I'd get like nasty sick, like infections and cyanitis and bronchitis, like constantly. Staying out all night partying. Like I was just a mess, right? Yeah. And drinking became like my escape. And drugs, but a lot of drinking. Yeah. Because it's cheaper. <laughs> and you get to a place like with all that stuff where it's like your life is squalor, right? Like it's horrible.
1: What was the word you used to use? Destitute. 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 You, liked to, you used to like using that word. Because
0: that's how I felt, right? Yeah. So I say all that to say, right, like I've been through these things. I was in an abusive relationship. I made bad decisions and I lived like an idiot. And then I lived with nothing and I had nothing and I lost my place to live. And then, you know, moving on, like, you know, I've had to do IVF to have a baby. It wasn't like I just. Could That's get not pregnant. your fault. Okay. But either way, like it wasn't like I like people. These are people. These are excuses people make for the yeah, reasons yeah, yeah. why. Right. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of hard things that I've been through. There's a lot of people in my life that I felt like were really bad tormentors in my life. Like my ex-husband being one, you know, things like that. But like the only way that I could get to the other side of that, the other side of to where I am today, the things that people see online or whatever that I post.
1: Is your husband.
0: It's you, babe. (laughs) no. No. Yeah. No. It's I had to choose to stop seeing myself as a victim. Right? Because if we see ourselves... Did you
1: back then, did you, did you really like look in the mirror and go...
0: Oh, he did this.
1: People did this to me. Not only
0: that. You know, I grew up in church and all that stuff. I was like, God, this is God's fault. Everything that they taught me was a fucking lie. I don't believe anything anymore. I hated church. I hated my parents. I hated my ex-husband. And it was everybody, those people's fault. Church, God... My parents. Zero,
1: and zero responsibility for any of your zero actions.
0: responsibility for any of the choices I made. It'd be like they turned off my heat and my electricity. It's his fault. Are you for real? Oh yeah. I mean I that I, whole
1: time you just were blamed other people.
0: Oh yeah. That that was my twenties.
1: That's crazy. I mean, I know some of it, you know, like obviously like if you're if you're a I guess a victim of domestic abuse, you technically are a victim.
0: Of the abuse, of the if abuse. somebody raped you and attacked you, you are definitely a victim of that abuse. But when you choose to see yourself as a victim, right,
1: that's when it changes.
0: That's and yeah. and and you hold on to that as part of your identity. Right, you'll never get past it. You'll never be able to set goals and achieve them because you'll always see yourself as somebody who can't because you're in a victim of your circumstances. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, okay, because then because th- this is this is the other side of that, and this is something that I've learned, you know, in my thirties. I even wrote a book about it, How Not to Be a Miserable Cow. Yep. Great book. (laughs) This is so sad, right? Okay. My ex-husband was abusive, and he was abused.
1: That's usually the way it works. Right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, there was a going... So this is something now that I look back at it a little bit differently. I knew that. Going into our relationship. I knew that he struggled with drugs and alcohol.
1: Did your parents know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they just hoped that the Lord would help him be healed and move forward. Right? Yeah. But, okay, so that being said, those, those were his issues. Drugs, heavy duty, like cocaine problem, alcohol, and his own abuse a lot of childhood abuse from his own father family friends and like me looking at that and saying okay he was abusive to me but i'm how do i how do i change the narrative here so that i don't see myself as a victim anymore I started going, well, what was my role in some of these things? What, what choices and what things that I do that I could have done differently? Like I started having to say, okay, what, what do I need to look at and say?
1: And this was with when you, we, we were together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And I had to look at my life and go, well, I knew he had a lot of issues going into it. I chose to marry him when he was at his worst. I mean, we were 19 years old. And and he had these badish. So, like, those were decisions I made.
1: It's just crazy because at 19, most 19-year-olds, 19 including my own daughter, thinks that they have it, like. All figured out. Oh, man. It's like they've got it all figured out. And I thought it.
0: I did. So did I. And, and I was completely. on a moral high horse and everything. Like
1: I wasn't definitely. I wasn't thinking I was on a moral high horse, but I definitely was me at 18, 19. And uh, there was not much you could tell me. And uh, now looking back, I'm just like, I mean, I guess this is everybody, right? Anybody that's done any personal development or, you know, continues to choose to grow as they've aged. You look back, you're like, oh, man, you don't know anything. Right. You're still a child. Right. You're still a child.
0: And so I also, the first time it happened, I grew up in a strong home, right? I wasn't one of those, like, targets for, like, domestic violence, right? Right. So I knew exactly what or, that or was. Or extreme
1: poverty. right? Or, yeah.
0: It wasn't like I was. I just needed somebody to get me out of my destructive life. I had a great life, and then I married somebody with a lot of issues. I was trying yeah. to save him, right? And so I had to take ownership of that. And then I had to take ownership of the fact that the first time it happened, the first time he was abusive with me, mm. I didn't go, what the fuck? No, I am not doing this.
1: What was your reaction?
0: Um, I think I just explained it all away in my head. I think I just was kind of like, uh, I shouldn't have got him that angry. I, I wanted to be a good wife. I wanted to forgive him. I kind of thought like, well, he's had such a hard life. Maybe if I pray for him harder or if I, you know, you know, help him with stuff at church and maybe he'll get better. You can fix them. Fix it. Yeah. Me. I'll fix it. When, you know, those are things that I was maybe taught but weren't really realistic. I also didn't tell anyone. Yeah. You know, that was probably a big thing. But like that being said, I chose to stay in that relationship that whole time and I didn't have to. So really, I was a victim, but sort of, but I also made a lot of every single day decisions that kept me there, right? right? Not saying that that's everybody's situation. That it probably isn't. But this is the thing that really, really got me, right? So I got on the other side of it. Ten years down the road, he calls me and apologizes. And and I thought I was way past it. I was like, I'm so fucking over that. I'm like, give me a break. Don't even care. Don't even think about him. La blah, 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 whatever. Well, he just started sobbing on the phone and just apologizing all over himself. And I started crying. And then I realized, like, I wanted to kind of, like tell him what he'd done because I don't think he knew like the struggle that he brought me thereafter so we cried on the phone together for like an hour this is while you and I are together I remember this, and then that was how we left it what I didn't know is that his you know struggle was his whole life right mm-hmm. he had he went on a podcast and and talked about it right but like Probably the greatest tormentor of my life. There's been two probably big torments in my life. People who have literally, it felt like they had it out for me. Like mm-hmm. they wanted to hurt me, torment me, do whatever in their power to like make my life hell. Right. And I'm sure everybody's got those like people that they feel like are those kind of people. There's always something. Yeah. Right. Both of those people in my life killed themselves last year. That was like the biggest wake up call of all for me because it was like hurting people hurt people. Yeah. I chose not to see myself as a victim anymore and move past it. They never did.
1: No. And it took him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sad situation when you watch that because at the end of the day, regardless of the day, they tormented you, right? And they, you know, they caused, you know, damage in your life. But at the end of the day, there are people out there that love them. And they have family and they have I know one had a son. And well, the other they, one they, had three sons. Yeah, the other one had three sons. Um and that's what's really sad is because you're so wrapped up in your own bullshit thinking you're a victim that you're missing out on life and opportunities around you.
0: And getting whole. Yeah. And getting whole and moving past your because pain.
1: those kids want you in their life. They're, they're craving you in their life. and They don't get that anymore.
0: Right. So talking about New Year's goals and plans for your future. I feel like the number one thing that it starts with is you have got to get past your past. You have got to get past the pain. You've got to get past your victim mentality, or you will never, you will be the person that struggles until you go out. Yeah. And literally, there are millions of people that struggle until they go out that are waiting to die.
1: I just, man, dude, I just want
0: way more out of life like, personally. And you're you're the same way. You've had horrible things happen to you throughout your life, and none of it was fair. Fair? Well, what
1: the fuck. There's no such thing as fair, but
0: yeah. And how did you feel like you overcame?
1: I mean, my whole life's been a fight. It's, it's that's why when I had these, pe- these people like, oh, it must be nice. You're lucky. Um, even when I was a kid, I would get shit. Um, you know, they had no idea. I mean, I grew up. And we don't have to get into it, but I um I didn't have a very easy upcome. I didn't have a lot of opportunities. I very easily could have stayed the course I was at and ended up dead or in jail. I mean I was in jail. Um, but just could have stayed there. You're
0: literally the kid that everybody's like, he's a statistic and he'll
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Except my grandmother. My grandmother was like, Nah, he's gonna
0: He's gonna be great.
1: He's gonna be great. Uh, he you I mean she knew I was a mess up, but she he's like, she's he's gonna work his way through this and and, uh, and 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 do good. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom thought that as well. Um, but yeah, we uh, didn't grow up without a, didn't grow up with a dad. I was talking to my mom the other day. She, I was asking. I was like, "What was the actual?" Cause it was just me, her, well, me, her, and my brother. And um, we d- I did have a stepfather
0: for, for a, a while. while.
1: For a while, um, that ended very. Well, it it was very bad through the whole time for me, but it um, she didn't know some stuff was going on and it ended very badly when I was about
0: ten. I don't know. It was abusive. Yeah. Very yeah. Specifically with you or with both of you? You and your brother. Just me. Had it specifically for you.
1: Physically with me, probably more emotionally.
0: Which that's something I find so so wild. Yeah. Is like when grown men that come into kids' lives like see something (laughs) in a kid and for whatever reason they're so fucked up like they want to kill it
1: yeah Uh, i mean i was just i mean i was just a little boy man i was just a little boy but anyways um dealt with that and then it kind of came to a head and and uh at one time i think i i think what what happened was was the first time that i fought back and it turned into this huge tussle first thing in the morning ended up getting thrown through a closet door and um
0: so your mom actually witnessed it at that point
1: yeah and that's when that was that was over after at that point that was over um i don't know the details of like everything else uh, i don't even know if this guy's alive i've heard rumors that he's alive heard he's dead i don't really give a shit but um anyways um but i talked to her and i was like how i was trying to like how much money did you did you have to raise me and my brother right because we were like man, we lived in some rough areas and um and she was like you know honestly i don't, I don't really remember and i was like was it like two grand she was like oh honey that, that's that's funny <laughs> i mean i think she was i think she was operating off of like a thousand dollars thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month for me for the three of us and i don't
0: care what year it was that's fucking nothing
1: no man and and what's crazy is she never our family i mean you've heard of them all talk about it but our family has never been a welfare family they like and that's something that i think that came from my grandfather and my grandmother they just
0: which i don't think there's anything wrong with people who need that and need to use that system to get on their feet
1: yeah but you and i both know that there's is, there is people that are abusing it abu- like they they use they live off that choice that's her choice it's not about like i'm down on my luck and i need some assistance to get back on my feet and to get you know no man they they take that system and that's now they're just having more kids and you're just we're paying like you and i are paying for their lifestyle um but they were never and i it blows my mind man she never we never got on food stamps we never got state assistance i don't even i don't even know how I mean, I know how we did it because I know what food I ate and I know, I know the places that we live. So I know how we did it. But and I, got, I know our clothes, you know, our clothes smelled funny from Goodwill. And, you know, and, and that was our life. And. Um, and I worked. I mean, I'll tell you this, man, I, I talked to my daughter about it the other day because I was like, I would make money. I started working at 11. My first job was was actually one of the businesses that she tried. She started, which was awesome. And then she, Sheep they, they paid me like, I was like washing dishes and they paid me on the table. And then I actually got a job at, when I was 11 at All-American Diner in Panama City, Florida. So any of my recon guys that are, that have gone through dive school, we probably know that. That was my first job as 11 years old. We went in there and filled out an application. I lied. She lied. Um, so every year you get those social security statements. Mine goes back to when I was 11 years old. And um, anyways, and uh, so I remember... I would get paid, obviously nothing. I think minimum wage at the time was like four or something, you know, and I would get paid this measly paycheck, and I would sometimes I'd have to give her a portion of it, and then she would have to borrow money from me because I always worked. I mean, that's, but it was not just for random things. It's it
0: wasn't so she could go get a pack of cigarettes, it was so she could feed you guys.
1: Well, uh, Might have been for, might have been getting a pack of cigarettes <laughs> back then. Um, she probably, she's probably just like, yeah, I need a bag of cigarettes to deal with this life. But, um, anyways, she, you know, like asked my daughter, like, what would you imagine if you were you know, your age now? And I'm like, all right, you made $300. I need 150 of it so I can buy groceries right. for the family. And that was, that was my upbringing. So when people, you know, say, oh, it must be nice. or You, you know, have your own gym. You have, yeah, you have your own. You must be nice. Not to have everybody can gym.
0: go to the gym.
1: I was like. Dude, I, it makes me. I'm like, I want to just destroy people, and I'm try. I try to be nice, you know what I mean. And, and I and I I don't think they fully mean it in a malicious way, you know. But it's like very a very low, like uneducated, dumb thing to poverty say. Poverty mentality. thing yeah, To say it must. Yeah, exactly. A poverty mentality thing to say. It must be nice, or you're so lucky. Like I've not been lucky in my entire life.
0: We've worked and worked and worked and worked and worked to like we build had what a, we have.
1: Yeah, we had a kid, that wasn't luck, right? No, we, we, he, it, was a, it was a science experiment that we had to work and save for and pay cash for, and because it was, you know, like, there was nothing that.
0: Yeah, everybody said that. I saw somebody say something about oh, it. Must be nice to be able to buy a baby, something like that on one of my posts. Which I I read that shit and I'm like, it means nothing <laughs> to me. I don't care what people have to say about that stuff. But you know what? i don't like, care
1: i don't care what they have to say my my point like you said is is it's that it's their own mentality it's it's there where they're at like oh it must be nice well you can have the same thing man welcome to america it's called work like that gym didn't happen by itself none of this stuff happened by itself you know if you're working 40 hours a week there's 168 hours in a, in a week it's, what, what are you doing with the rest of the time right
0: and what do you want What do you want out of this life? And that's what it came down to for me. We got to a place together where I'm like, what do we want out of this life? All of it. I think the word that came into my mind when I was really asking myself that question. I know this sounds so off the wall probably for people, but I was like literally sitting there thinking about like, okay, what do I want out of this life? And I had this like picture in my head of family photos all over a wall, like just covered from head to toe in family photos of children and grandchildren and their lives being rich and and building upon this like big family. And the word that came to my mind was legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. I don't want to have a have a garden and till the land and get to go out on Wednesdays and have a... <laughs> have a meal out on the town. Like I don't care about like this little life that I'm uh, occupying right now. Yeah. I want to affect generation, generation. generations. Yeah. I want people to see the world differently because I was in it. Yeah. Like, What do you want? What do you want out of this life? Because you're the only one that can write that story. You're the author of it there's and,
1: and another big another big reason is because of social media and because they, they have this comparison syndrome you know and they see all this stuff that people have or do and and you know we don't really share much about that you know what i mean obviously if it's it ties around our business then obviously people get to see it um but they i think they're so focused on other people's stuff that they're not focused on their their own life and theirs or they say oh i can't do this. So it's another so now we're getting now you can get into like limiting belief factors, right? Now you're limiting what you can achieve. I come from this family or this level of lifestyle where I grew up, my family, whatever. Um I have these genetics. That's the best as it's gonna get. Like there's nothing like I can't achieve more. I'm like society has put me in this circle. Like, listen, man. Like, if anyone can tell you that you can break out of that, it's me. Like, they definitely put me in a in a box. Right. And I was not staying there, you know. And that's one of the things that, like, was a fortunate that I was able to. I think the military in general is such a great tool for individuals. And we got another friend um, that I worked with at MARSOC. That kind of came from a similar background, you know, Slayer, and th- you join the military and it's on you. Like you get opportunities to succeed. Now, as far as promotions and you know, obviously there's a lot of political stuff there, but I mean, when it comes to like jobs and lot moving and taking tests and taking selections and that's on you.
0: How far do you want to? How it? far
1: do you want to take it? And for me, I wanted to take it, I was like, I need, my life is going to change. So I'm taking it to the top, baby. I'm going to the top, all the way to the top, and I'm going to finish on top. And that right there started giving me, like, now there's a lot of things that I could have done better, right? There's a lot of things I could have done better with myself, a lot of things I could have done better with my family, my kids. But you don't know what you don't know. That's Back to that, back to that thing being 18, 19, year old, still being a kid myself. But I just knew that mentality that I have talked about for years about never quitting, never surrendering, always moving forward. I mean, I've, I've like, that's been part of my heart from the get go. And it gave me, it gave me a leg up on life to where, you know,
0: so taking those opportunities that come into your life and maxing them out.
1: I I don't think they, you don't, they don't come into your life. You have to go get them. They, They don't land on your doorstep.
0: I mean, I feel like there's been some times where opportunities have, like, a door has opened. Maybe something. But it was because I was going down a, a road. I was going down a path.
1: Sure. If you, once, you, once you start walking the journey, like I said, it's like it ain't going to happen if you're sitting on the couch. Like talking to all the broken veterans. You know, that, that you know, they want change. They're like, well, my life sucks. Well, what are you doing about it? Well, nothing. Well, maybe that's the problem. Right. Maybe action is what you need. Right. Execution is what you need. Get outside go do something today, make a plan, you know? Um,
0: And a door opens and then boom, an opportunity presents itself and you either choose it and max it out or you.
1: I've had a few of those, but most of the doors I've, I've like breached or I've kicked in. (laughs) There's different (laughs) kinds of
0: things for different people. Obviously some people have a lot less opportunities for sure. Um, I was, we were talking about it earlier and it's, it's one of those things that's kind of funny to me now, but like when I was young, I worked at Sonic and I was a car hop and I rode skates around and I was probably 17 and
1: good thing we didn't meet when we were teenagers
0: (laughs) really messed each other up. I I got held up at gunpoint by a couple of dudes came in with masks on and, um, held us up at gunpoint and I was the only one on the other side of the bar. So they walked in the door and held the gun at my head you know of course I was like instantly almost pissed myself and just and I had skates on so they're like get on the ground I'm like trying to get on the ground and roller skates and like it, it was a mess but I they, re-
1: I they really wanted that limeade didn't
0: they <laughs> they wanted all the money that we had in our yeah. you know thing but um I you know it was freaked me out I was 17 I go home I'm like kind of hysterical about it to my dad he called everybody calms me down we're like it's okay wow we made it aren't you so glad that y- aren't you so thankful that you know no one was hurt you know all this stuff and kind of settled me down everything was fine yeah and the next day i was like laying around my dad's like what are you doing I'm, get your ass to he's work. like get your ass to work and i'm like dad like we got robbed yesterday like at gunpoint." and he was like Yeah, I guarantee you they're not going to come back twice in a row. Nobody's that stupid. (laughs) You're fine. Go to work. You know, and some people would think, like, that's, like, super hard-nosed or crazy or whatever, but he just refused to let me be a victim to that circumstance that happened. Right. And he's, like, changing the way that my brain thinks about it.
1: Well, he's not – technically, he's not wrong. Not
0: wrong. Yeah. They they didn't come back.
1: Well, the problem is now is, like, people would be like, I can't go to work because – I'm triggered. I need a mental health day.
0: I'm triggered. This scared me. Sure.
1: That's great. I understand that it was a it was a hard thing to do through. You need a mental health day. Well, then you don't you don't have anything worth living for because the rest of us have to get up and go figure it out and go breach another door and go kick the door in because we have people relying on us.
0: Right. And it's about perspective. It's it's the way that you see it and how you and maybe you do have like a fearful trauma response it's a real thing trauma is a real then thing you have to deal with it you have to work through that yeah and make a decision You're let that own you forever yeah no thanks no thanks so that's all i we got to say today really is like new year's goals new year's resolutions Woo! really if you really want that you want to set goals you want to make a back plan for your life and you want to achieve it stop making excuses Stop making yourself a victim. Start thinking about how you can achieve those things. Right?
1: Um. Yeah. My mind's running a million. No. I'm, I'm just, I am just like when I, I don't want to yell at people.
0: D- just give it to them real quick. We've got I a just, few minutes. I just, you
1: know, I just focus on your own shit. Set set actual like hard hard tangible phase lines. You know, that you're not I mean if you're listening to this podcast this then you're already in it, right? If you're listening to me right now, or you're listening to her. Like you're in it. Like these people are, you know, no <laughs> I don't think anybody is I'm going to check this rent this guy out and and let make let him make me feel good. I don't want to make you feel good. I want to hold you accountable. I want to see you move the needle in your life. I want to I want to see your your family your relationships be better. I want you to see I want to see a better dad. I want to see a better husband. I want you to make more money. These are the things that I want for people that follow me. I want people to go fucking crush life.
0: I want women to stop hiding behind what what the role that they're created they feel like they're created for like, well, oh, I'm a mom, I'm a housewife. That's great, but
1: you're more than that so I what I worry and, and this is the you know that you think you know this, but um you know one of the top purchasers of my book, are either divorced women or, or moms that with the kids have left the house.
0: I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It kind of looks like the cover of a romance novel. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> They're like, what is this? They're like, who is this guy?
1: Um, but that's because, you know, it's, it's true. Moms have an impossible job to take, to raise and take care of their kids. Right. Um, at least portion of it. And, and a lot of women live for that, and they will. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. I think that's awesome. Um, the problem comes in for me when the kids leave, and when the kids leave, they give two shits about the mom. They're just like, "Cool, mom, thanks for everything." Deuces. I'm out. I'm going to college or the military or whatever, and I'll see you on the holidays. And the moms just standing there going, "I just gave 20 years of my, my whole li- life, my whole my whole youth to you. I ruined my body for you, and you're just like." I got this girl. I'm gonna go meet, and uh, we're moving in. And I'm out. Thanks, mom. I'm out. Thanks for the cookies. As they destroy the kitchen. Until on way until out. they make you
0: a grandma, yeah. and then you start yeah. all over.
1: But th- that's what that's what bothers me is they, they put their whole identity, and that's the reason why the book does so well for those for those women is they put their identities as becoming as a mother, and they lose who they really are, and that's what kind of your, what your book is lo- a lot about is like, hey, listen, do that, but never stop developing yourself. Never stop developing who you are and becoming the very best version of yourself outside of your kids. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but like you still are an individual. You're still a human being by yourself.
0: With desires with and desires wants and, yeah. and passions and visions yeah. and
1: And so it doesn't have to be a full time thing. It doesn't have to like take away from your family necessarily, but definitely this is this goes for father's husband, this goes for anybody. You have to continue to develop yourself and do things for you that are good for you. Because I promise you, your kids are gonna leave you one day. And if your whole identity is wrapped up into those kids, it is going to crush you. It is going to absolutely crush you. Hell, I work on it. I work on myself all the time and I I'm getting crushed right now. <laughs> it's still crushed. It's still <laughs> it's still gonna crush you, but I have things to fall back on. Yes. We, we hit the reset button too. I the, so I hit the reset. Like, that oh helps. you you girls are leaving? I'm going to make new kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I make more.
1: I make more babies. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but that's that's the thing is like I just listen. <sighs> Don't be a victim. You're not owned sh- you no one owns you shit. If and never ever go say it must be nice or you must be lucky. Go you know what's easy to say and I, this is something that's in your book. You know what's easy to to pierce that what would you call it the green eyed monster? Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. I tell all. I tell so many people that I see something that happens on social media. I'll message them. I'm like, dude, I'm stoked for you. This is awesome because I like seeing my friends win. I like seeing the people that fought that I follow and the people that follow me win. That's what this is about. If we, if if if, it tr- if we truly are in the matrix and this is all uh, a video game, we'll play the fucking game, man. Let's level up. Don't be a what did uh, Johnny an NPC a non playing character. You're just like dude on the side of the road, like going back and forth and
0: background characters.
1: You're a background character. Hell with that, man. I wanna level up. I wanna level up and I wanna win. That's that's my thing. And I and I challenge all of you guys to do the same. Are you gonna win, babe?
0: I'm gonna win, win, win no matter what.
1: When are we gonna I wanna talk about all kinds of other stuff. I need to have you back on here and huh. talk about relationships. Yeah. All the dirt.
0: Oh my god. Can you imagine? I'm gonna air that.
1: Well, I mean, it's like dirty stuff.
0: Oh, <laughs> somebody did. We had some questions and stuff, but I think we kind of addressed a lot of it. Yeah. Um. But, you know, again, Happy New Year.
1: Yeah. You guys go crush it. I love you all. I love you, babe. Love you, babe. All right, guys. That's episode 11. Um, You know the deal. Go give us a little thumbs up on Apple or Spotify or whatever it is. Screenshot this. Tag Ali and I and uh, we'll share it because then a lot of people need to the people that don't follow it are the people that need to hear it the most, honestly. So let's go put this shit in their face and tell them to stop a victim and start taking action over their life. All right. Um, until then, we'll see you guys on the next episode. We'll